Hello, everyone. I'm Colin Tessa of Wrestling.com, joined by John Clark tonight to talk about WWE NXT. John, how you doing? Doing pretty good. How are you doing? Doing pretty good myself. Uh, enjoying or trying to enjoy the the last gasp of the black and gold air here for NXT. Of course, we know, uh, well, we already knew that there would be a, a complete revamp, and then I think it was on SmackDown, they officially, uh, or maybe a little before SmackDown's past week, they officially released the new logo. That's why I'm wearing an orange shirt tonight, because I, I didn't I didn't have a yellow shirt for the black and gold era, but now, there I go with something a little more a little more colorful to match this new era that's looks like in the Nickelodeon era of just, like, craziness and colorful and... Uh, we're not quite there yet. I think we can expect that the, the new era will begin uh, supposedly on September 14th, the first live show. We're still working our way through the, the latest set of tapings here. Uh, and so until then, until then, we can still kind of expect some semblance of uh, normalcy for NXT. So we had uh, very much, in some ways, uh, at least on paper, a normal episode of NXT. And we'll talk all about it. Before we do, just want to remind you all, uh, this show, like everything we do here, WrestleZone is available on any number of streaming platforms. We're at SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or maybe B. We've got you covered. So, John, I don't even know where to start tonight. I mean, there was nothing really that I feel that I could like sink my teeth into in that sense of like there are things I liked and there are things that were obviously worth talking about. But usually, there's something that really grabs at me. And I guess I'll I'll, I'll begin by talking about the main event. Um, which was a match between Tommaso Ciampa and Ridge Holland. And the big story here being that Holland, alongside Pete Dunne, Oni Lorcan, and Danny Burch, uh, have been kind of the, I guess, so-called kings of NXT, you know, going off of that's the stable they were last year, now adding Holland in there. Uh, and when you had this match uh, announced last week, uh, I really expect to see Holland pick up the win. He's been booked as a... If not unstoppable, like a pretty dominant force here on NXT and facing Ciampa there. Ciampa, a veteran, a former champion, uh, a guy that very much in that category where he doesn't really need a lot of wins at this point. You know, he could easily bounce back from a loss, whereas a win would uh, set up Holland to maybe uh, reach the next level. To me, uh, I think right when he came back, we got we got comments uh, from some of, some of our viewers here that, you know, he could challenge uh, Small Joe potentially. So, uh, with that in mind, I expected Holland to win here, and he didn't. Ciampa won pretty cleanly, even with some interference or uh, attempted interference from Oni Lorca and Danny Birch. Definitely getting some comments and people enjoy the main event. Stephen Chambers saying it was a great match, best match of the night. Michael Cunt saying it was good. But what do you think of this main event here, and were, were you surprised by this loss for Holland? Uh, I wouldn't say I was surprised at the loss. I think the result could have been probably either way. Um, well, I was surprised how over it went. It was like almost 10 10 when the show ended, and yeah, uh, which of course, when you film ahead, usually you can edit it to, to make it so you're on time. But a uh, nice over on there tonight. The match itself was it was okay. Um, I don't, I'm, I don't quite see where this is going in a sense. Uh, I feel like these teams are kind of just grudging with each other. Uh, I still like to see Pete Dunn there, obviously, because, you know, we, we're not really sure if he officially re-signed and if he did for how long. And it would seem like he did. I mean, they're definitely actively using him in a storyline. I still think he could be next for Samoa Joe. But we don't know who's going to be next for Samoa Joe. We don't know who's going to be next for anything, really, in NXT not really, right now. yeah. Even uh, TakeOver, we don't even know if there's going to be another one or, or anything <laughs> like that. So 
Um, like I like I mentioned to you before the show started tonight, we are uh, in a hoarding pattern right now, waiting to see where we're going. So in a sense, it kind of like, I don't know. You just get the different feeling watching it. I mean, you know it's going to change is coming. Uh, I feel like a lot of fans just can't help but to think that they're going to be negative just because that's the vibe that people have been getting off the past month. Um, you know, people think the golden era of NXT was like that 2014 to 2017 era when they were doing one-hour shows on the network that was people didn't think you should change what was working for you then. And now people are feeling the same way. Don't change what's working for you now. But the main event was okay. Nothing really to note other than, you know, um, it seems like them filming ahead and, and controversially kicking people out of the arena. It looks like they finally have, though, avoided spoilers from getting out because we didn't really see a whole lot of what was going to happen tonight. And for next week, we have essentially no idea at all what happened next week. And that was also recorded a, a week ago today. So what do you think about what do you think about that uh, as far as them being able to kind of hide those spoilers based off of uh, being a little bit more strict than they normally have been? In a word, I'm very glad, or nice, that's three words. I'm very glad, you know, I think it's a very good thing. You and I have talked about it before that spoilers suck, like plain and simple. Um, as people who write about wrestling, like, yeah, like it's part of, part of the gig and I get it. But as a fan, I'm like, no, I don't want to, I want to, I don't want no spoilers. I want to, I want to be surprised. I want to, you know, watch the show and not know what's going to happen. And uh, granted, yeah, I think they definitely got some bad some bad buzz, some bad publicity about kicking people out that were trying to uh, make no to spoilers or trying to uh, get the spoilers out there. Uh, so that's not a great look, but you know, definite silver lining being that it seems like there are less spoilers. So I will definitely focus more on that where it's like, I'd, I'd rather maybe the, the not good look of kicking people out. If it means less spoilers ahead like, hey, to me, that, that is a, a good thing. And I'm, I'm glad uh, to have that. So, uh, assuming they continue with more even if even if it's not like constant just more kind of semi-regular taping blocks here going forward so again we know we'll have the, the live show on the 14th but if they do more taping after that or whatever uh definitely like i whatever they're doing keep it up because or, or maybe try to find a middle ground of like not kicking people out so much but unfortunately at the same time like if they don't have kind of like an iron fist they're not gonna be able to really avoid it. People are going to try and get spoilers. That's just, it's kind of a um, back and forth kind of thing. So it's like, you kind of have to be a little more uh, aggressive. I, I'm not trying to defend it. I'm more saying like, if we're here saying, hey, there, there aren't spoilers that we can really see uh, for next week. I'm saying that's a good thing in my mind. So uh, I like that. And why I bring it up, we'll, we'll talk about the show, but we're, you know, of course, it's inevitable to to think about, to talk about uh, the, the changes NXT will be undergoing here. And yeah, a lot of the expectation has been that there'll, there'll be negative changes or that they won't be good at the very least. I do want to say I'll shout out Fightful. Sean Rossap had an interview with Tommaso Ciampa where he's talking about Ciampa's match here. Uh, Ciampa, at this point, definitely one of the the faces of NXT, former NXT champion, one of the real kind of um, stand bearers on on the brand, especially now that. Uh, Adam Cole has moved on, or at least for now, like, you know, he we do we do know he's a free agent. So, 
Um, Champ had said, you know, he doesn't really know what to expect, but he's excited. He said change, essentially, he said change is uh, usually a good thing. It, it shakes things up. It makes it fresh and different. Uh, and I, I guess in a nutshell, that changes for the best. So, you know, there's definitely some uh, positive angles to take here. So I, I think that every, I mean, at least speaking for myself. I will say that, you know, my first reactions have been that, oh, I, I think, or I'd be concerned these may be negative and the logo doesn't look great. I'm not a big fan of the logo and, and the visual revamp, but if we're looking at more of the maybe uh, less stylistic things, maybe if they're, if we're thinking of, you know, or the reports that they're going to be doing things differently in, in a developmental sense, or if the show's run differently, even, even though it'll be run by, run by Triple H and largely you would think the same people, we really don't know what to expect, and I'm gonna try and just be more uh, be more positive in that sense. So, um, you know, yeah. Again, we I think we have what you know we have next week, and then that then will be the 14th. So uh, presumably that will be uh, the, this new launch, if you will. Um, so yeah, I don't. I, I've said it before. I'm not a big fan of the logo. Stephen Chambers agreeing that he doesn't like it. Uh, what should I leave it alone? I mean, yeah, I I liked the way that it has been. I've I've liked the black and gold era. era. I liked even what they did. Um, uh, I guess it was right around maybe takeover or like stand and deliver. They they did like a soft change where it was like they did more like of a skull kind of theme uh, for the logo stuff like that. I like the rock aesthetic. Whereas this new logo, uh, they had they had Wale kind of share a little like. Little clip of it. it was, there, there's some rap music played over it, and just for yeah. me, so, stylistically, like I don't love that. Like, and that's just me. I'm I'm a punk rock guy. I'm a rock guy. Um, and, and to each their own. And I've just got to roll with it. But uh, if that's more of a reflection of what we kind of expect for NXT, like you know, again, I'm trying to be positive. But at the very least, to me, at the end of the day, all that really matters are the matches, are the performers, uh, are the storylines. Uh, and if it's the same people running NXT, if it's, if it's largely the same roster, I've got to hope that it'll all be okay. Uh, for me, as, as a segue here, one thing that I've really enjoyed on NXT uh, con uh, consistently and continually has been Index. I do want to talk about that tonight because we had an interesting match between Johnny Gargano and LA Knight. Uh, two, you, you would think, slash uh, view, two guys you would view as uh, genuine heels here. There was a report, I think, right after TakeOver, so or right right around TakeOver, that uh, Johnny Gargano would be positioned as probably the top heel on the brand. And I couldn't help but laugh tonight because Gargano was getting cheered like the top babyface. Like he was getting Johnny Wrestling chants. Now, there was definitely some discourse that they were possibly piping in uh, some fan noise tonight. And I don't know, John, you and I have talked about it before. I feel like I'm going crazy, crazy sometimes because like, I don't know what's real and what's not anymore. Um, so that's fun, but, uh, and for, for the match here, I, I liked it. I thought it was fun. It, you know, uh, whether John is a heel or face, he's good. I, I, I like what, what he, whatever he's doing. I really enjoy index here. Uh, I, I continue to, we had India, India Hartwell on Dexter was a ringside to support Papa Johnny here. Uh, they're backstage and Dexter kind of like snuck up behind John, Johnny and, and scared him. Everything that these two uh, do tends to pop me. Then you had Indy like giving uh, Dexter like Google as the ringside. Good stuff. Like I, I, it's just fun. Jo uh, Dexter caught Johnny at one point during the match and it seemed to kind of create a little a bonding moment. But unfortunately, Dexter cost Johnny the match. So any kind of I guess you could say one step forward, two steps back here, because that one little moment of uh, positivity, I mean, was probably, I would say, wiped away by 
Gargano losing. So maybe if we're keeping that in mind that Gargano is supposedly going to be the, the top heel here, maybe he'll officially turn or not, not even, I can't say turn on Loomis, but maybe he'll like draw a hard line in the sand and really like attack him or ruin the wedding or something. But overall here, John, what do you think about this way? What do you think about where we're going with index with Johnny Gargano with, with all this stuff? I feel like we are on the path of somehow making Johnny Gargano be like the best man for Dexter Loomis at this wedding. And I, I do believe it'll be the typical vintage WWE wedding where something's going to go wrong. Somebody's going to turn on somebody, probably Johnny, ruining it somehow. We've already been told, uh, I forget who reported this, but somebody did, even though it was already obvious. Raquel Gonzalez and Indy Hartwell are both officially considered baby faces on NXT now. And for that to remain true, Dexter is obviously going to have to be a face as well, I would assume. So I think Johnny is going to be the one to do something to kind of to ruin things here. Uh, this is a very in- interesting approach for your so-called first episode of a new generation of NXT. Because this gives off the vibe of like a main roster type thing. Uh, but at the same time, you know, when when you, you think of this kind of segment and then you think of NXT, it's going to be all, you know, colorful now and new design, new stage, new decorations, all that stuff. Uh, it, it has the – I think it's going to get the attention of people. So if, say, next week on NXT, they say, you know, instead of just new NXT coming soon, maybe they say coming next week. I do think we'll see an increase in viewership for that just because people are going to want to see what, what, what this new show brings. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely worth pointing out that uh, as of yet, the vignettes have been NXT is coming. Uh, and of course the, the joke is that NXT is here. Uh, we're literally talking about it. We just watched it for a two hour show. Uh, but those clips have been the new logo with the new design uh, that, that that's what's coming or whatever. Um, and I think that'd make a lot, that is just good business. It's like, hey, next week to say NXT is coming next week. And then you've got the wedding, you've got uh, whatever is coming. Um, that just makes sense. I, I, and I'd be, at this point, I'd be surprised if they didn't. Because like, uh, if, if not for the first live show on the 14th, I don't know when you would do it. Like, why not do it then? It just makes sense to me. So uh, yeah, I, I think that's probably what, what we will see next week. They can try and... I'm not going to say try and pop a number, but definitely try and like boost boost the rating there of like having that that appeal of people saying, uh, well, what, what is coming? What is different about this NXT? Whether that's you people like you and me who are going to watch it anyway, that are going to come back and watch it regardless, or and you know some people maybe some some people that used to really like NXT and maybe fell out, fell out of it, or if, uh, maybe to a, to a smaller degree, uh, people that don't don't even watch it at this point and, and or or haven't watched it in quite a while or never did and then you maybe see the fun new logo or whatever and the wedding whatever it might be and then that that always them in as well so um yeah i think that makes sense as, as for what you were saying about the wedding i think you know it's what and to pair it with the this revamp part of the concern is that it's going to be uh this way of putting kind of a main roster feel to nxt whereas it's been kind of a, a different thing it's it hasn't been like raw or smackdown in a lot of ways granted and there, there are there are in, inevitable overlaps to the storylines to the way they do things but this definitely has been a main roster style thing anyway of the backstage vignettes of the cinematic things and stuff like that um 
And I don't think that's a bad thing, especially when it's done. When it's done right, it's fine. Like it doesn't matter what you want to label it. Like if it's good, it's good. Uh, I thought I thought it's good. So um, I again, I I think I've talked about it as, since they announced the wedding. Since we even were speculating the wedding might happen, I've, I've been hoping that that they don't go the route of having the the usual uh, wedding shenanigans of you know whether it's Johnny ruining it or something going wrong. Uh, I hope again. I I hope there there are times to do tropes. There are times to like do stuff like that. To me, I want I, to me like flip the script. Like do, just do the wedding, have the happy ending, and do do something else instead. And granted, sometimes if, if you want to get really technical with it, sometimes having like the happy ending isn't the best thing for the story. Sometimes you want to like complicate it and, and keep going, or maybe you, you kick it down the line and and maybe maybe we get there later on anyway. I feel like it's been working so well right now. Why? You, I guess kind of strike while the iron's hot and roll with it. So again, I'm hoping that's what we get. Uh, but we're gonna have to wait until September 14th. Uh, again, John, I think you and I talked about it last week. Maybe we'll do something fun next week of like a, I don't know, a bachelor party or some wedding themed things next week on the go on the you know the last NXT before the wedding. I think that'd be fun. Um, so yeah, I, I, I again I look forward to it. I think it's been fun. I think it's been uh, well done here. Uh, Nesh Chris uh, encouraged me to get my index shirt. I got to get my, I, I really should. Like it takes me a lot to get a shirt cause I'm cheap, but I, because I've liked the index so much, I I definitely will think about it because they, they have definitely been, I would say for me, at least the highlight of NXT here uh, about Johnny Gargano here. Uh, DJ Cassie saying that Gargano has been getting the day of his chance for a while. Uh, and uh, we've talked about this before, but he's uh, encouraging to turn the whole, the, the entirety of the way face, um, and I, I think the, the part of the narrative here being that I uh, will Candice LeRae expecting and, and welcoming, welcoming baby Gargano into the world at some point uh, that maybe you set them up like that to play devil's advocate. I mean, Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch um, had a walk, walk their daughter in the world. Now they're both heels. So, you know, I, I think you can easily, you know, still be a quote unquote villain despite being a, you know, whatever. Um, but no, I, I think, yet again, there are options, whether it's the way being faces, whether it's, to me, if you want to have the happy ending, you could still have Gargano be the heel of just, like, not supporting the wedding, not being on board with the happy couple. Um, there are anything, any number of things you can do. I, I just, I, I hope they don't go the usual route. So we'll have to wait and see. I, I could talk, I'll, I'll show long about Index, but until we can uh, know more about what's going to happen, I can say that uh, at least tonight, Gargano lost the match, and that definitely probably doesn't bode well for index here so otherwise we can look forward to two title matches next week we do know that msk will defend the tag the men's tag titles against uh only Lorcan and danny birch and i do want to do want to call attention to this because john i love when baby faces say things that make sense when they actually are logical you know and there's just there's nothing like it and the bar should be higher than that but this is WWE we're talking about, and sometimes they, when you have John Cena steal Finn Bauer's contract and they recognize it as a legally binding document, when you have something like this where it's just good old-fashioned champions saying, hey, you know, we're fighting champions and we want to give the guys that got stripped of the titles through no fault of their own through an injury, you know, they, we want to give them a shot because we, we never actually beat them for their titles. So, hey, let's let's prove that we are... I guess the better team here. And, and we, they said uh, to William Regal, we want to face him next week. And he's like, you know what? All right, it's on. So there you have it. A perfectly reasonable and logical, re, uh, uh, I guess, path forward for that match and reasoning for that match. Good stuff. Like that, that this is one thing you see on NXT. 
I would say more often than on the main roster of just like logical reasons for having matches. And it's just so fundamental, but like it, it is a very, I, 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 it sounds so basic, but it, uh, the keyword that, that it is fundamental that, you know, it's just so basic that sometimes it's something like it's overlooked. So I'll ask you what you think of MSK here uh, facing Morgan and Birch. And I'll say, uh, at least before Holland lost tonight, I really thought Lorcan and Birch might win next week, but at the same time, uh, maybe that's all the more uh, motive to have uh, Lorcan and Birch win next week to kind of help the, their stable bounce back next week. Yeah, I got to agree, though, with a comment that uh, James made about be- kind of being over MSK. I'm kind of at that point. I'm kind of getting over them. I mean, they had a good run at the start, but then it's kind of like, I wouldn't say their momentum right now, but they just weren't really being utilized like, like they weren't even on TV for a while. They weren't really relevant for a while. Then they were the champions, and then I, I just think it hasn't been as successful as maybe people thought it was going to be. The tag division is kind of in a slump right now, even though it's not, because there are so many side feuds going on. Um, I'm happy to see this rematch. Uh, I don't expect to see the title change hands. Do you? I mean, I think it's possible. Kind of like you're you're saying that you're kind of over MSK. Nando's saying that as well. I think MSK, I still don't quite know why. Maybe it's a matter of booking or the way they've been presented, but it feels like the the Capital Wrestling Center crowd has never really gotten into them, or at least as much as you would hope, like a fun babyface team here that's absolutely electric in the ring. Um, It feels like something hasn't quite been working in that sense. So it might be time to kind of take the titles off them and, and kind of regroup there and kind of maybe take the mentality of like, sometimes it's, it's easier to root for uh, the challengers and the champions of like having, you know, it's easier to root someone on during a, a title chase. And, you know, that's kind of a, a you know, fundamental wrestling thing of like, I, I could see that uh, mentality there. Benjamin A. Jones, uh, perhaps arguing that they gave MSK the belts too fast. I mean, if you think about it, MSK uh, arrived for the, the dusty classic. I think that was, what maybe last December or so, and then they won the titles. What was that like February or March? Like that was it was very yeah. it was a pretty quick turnaround. Like they won the Dusty Classic, and then not too long after that, that they won the titles. So that is definitely a, a quick uh, climb, uh, like from from uh, arrival to to championship victory. So you know that, yeah, that's part of it was, as well. It was the takeover all, all right before WrestleMania there. Okay, so still so, you know, call that what. Less than, you know, I'll say less than six months. So, yeah. you know, usually you have like people really kind of uh, more of a, a slow climb to whatever it might be. If, if it's the, the the men's title or the women's title or the tag titles here, uh, I like I can't really recall something quite like that. Karen Cross might be an exception because like he showed up, he had a, a dominant winning streak, and you know that's kind of different. Whereas MSK, you know, a little more traditional. They just won matches and they, and they climbed up in that sense. So um, for me, like I think this might be a good time to do it. Like if you have concerns that it's not quite working, if you can, I mean, I think you're not alone. Nando's not alone in saying that uh, they're quote unquote over MSK. I think that's kind of like this general sentiment. So again, maybe, maybe it's time. And and I think Lorcan Birch would be a good option to do it. I mean, not maybe, maybe not the best option. Like if you're, if you're going to argue that, like maybe I, I would have said, I mean, for me, I, I think Imperium's a good option. I'm going to talk about them in a minute. If you think about Grizzly Young Veterans, maybe finally getting their their big moment uh, by winning the titles. 
Um, as you said, the tag division itself is in kind of a uh, maybe a down period in a way, uh, even though you mentioned those side those side youth and things in terms of the actual like title scene, uh, maybe a little bit of a cold spell here. But uh, I would say like I'd probably predict, you know, sometimes you have these kind of shock title changes for lack of a better word. So you know, it feels like we're kind of ripe for them uh, in that sense. So I think that it would make sense to do that and maybe kind of go back to the drama board with, with MSK here. And speaking of Imperium, Michael uh, Kent saying that, uh, or at least, predicting or suggesting that you could turn Imperium face and then another comment saying they, they could feud with the Dunn stable of uh, Lorcan Birch, Dunn and Holland. I think that'd be fun. I mean, I, I, at the same time, my first thought was like, oh, I, I can't really see that. But I, unless they were piping the chance in which they might have been, I thought I heard some people singing along to the Imperium theme song tonight. Yeah, I, not, okay, so I think that's kind of fun. And we've seen several people um, throughout NXT history here, kind of get over it just on that alone. I think of Shinsuke Nakamura, um, gonna blank on other people, but that that feels like something that happens next to a good, a good amount. So um, to me, that's something to consider. If, like if, if enough people get behind it, like that's something. So uh, I would still be a little surprised if, if they turn face anytime soon, they do feel more like a heel group, especially when they're aligned with Walter. Um, but I mean, hey, especially in a world where you think of MSK, if they're not quite working, if you want to have a, another babyface team, we don't know how long to, uh, Timothy Thatcher, Thatcher will be out. So he he and Chapa kind of taken out of the equation there. Um, I think that could work. Especially, again, especially, maybe it could be one of the things if the fans drive it and really get behind them and leave WWE no other choice, really. I think that could be kind of the, the best way to do it uh, rather than kind of a more forced turn. So uh, again, if we see what happens there, uh, and otherwise, here like I mentioned the, the two title matches. We have, the, we have we're going to have the men's tag title match next week, and also Zoe Stark and Io Shirai will defend the titles against Casey Carter and Caden Catanzaro. Uh, did oh, did I, yeah. oh, I mix up their names. Caden Carter and Casey Catanzaro. Yeah. yeah. Um, goodness All gracious. Right. Uh, so we will see that much next week. I looked it up uh, when they made the announcement. Casey and Caden have won three matches in a row as a team here. So a nice winning streak for them. I've been very impressed with them pretty consistently. I think Casey, they're both very, very athletic. Casey does some crazy things. I believe she was on American Ninja Warriors. So she's definitely very, very athletic. So that's something. And she can do some cool stuff in the ring. So, you know, if, if nothing else, you know, I think it's just she's fun to watch like that. So uh we and of course you know they mentioned tonight in a, in a brief backstage thing to set it up you know casey and kaden they're an actual team zoe stark and Shirai have constantly butt heads they had that really cringeworthy segment at the at the uh the restaurant a couple weeks ago they're still not getting along and they're at least kind of playing a seed that uh one of them might turn on the other and in this case it would definitely seem to be that you Shirai would turn on zoe stark because Eero. Uh, it continues to be kind of uh, fairly clearly a heel, uh, or at least kind of, um, at least in some subtle ways, where she still said, like, I don't like you. I don't, I don't like Casey or Caden. I don't like, I don't like any of you. So uh, I, I, while I predicted the title win for uh, Lorcan and Birch, maybe this one feels perhaps even more likely, where it's like you've literally setting that up. Would, would you agree that we might be in line for a title change here, or do you think that they're going to uh, press on with Zoe and Dio here? Uh, I do not think that we are going to see any titles changing hands. Uh, um, I do think we might get further developments as far as this, uh, 
I guess you would call it a relationship. I don't know what you would call it between these two as they try to develop further. Uh, Mandy Rose offers an intriguing tag team opportunity. Frankie Monet offers an interesting tag team opportunity. There are options that they can go with after this. It seems like the most viable in front of them right now just because it is an established team facing them. Uh, they're trying. They're trying with the women's tag division more than the main roster is. Yeah, well, that that's for sure. But that, that's a no contest at this point. Like the, on the main roster, it's definitely uh, not doing so well. But here, they you can definitely tell they are trying. And that perfect segue. The show started tonight with Mandy Rose facing Saray in a singles match. Mandy being accompanied by uh, Juju Dolan and JC Jane, a tag team that they have been. Um, you know, setting up in recent weeks, and they had Mandy kind of teasing her alliance to them. Now they are kind of a, a trio here in some sense. So Mandy faced Saray. This was Mandy's first match since she returned to NXT last month. So uh, definitely uh, a noteworthy occurrence there. For me, I'm going to try and phrase this carefully. Mandy just looks like a star, right? Like she does. That's one reason I think she really just like that the, she, she did well on the main roster. You could tell that like Vince and WWE executives like really like her. She's got the great look as, as a real star. And I think that kind of in some ways translates even more in NXT where it's just like, you know, there are different different layer, different levels of, of that star factor where it's like Raquel Gonzalez is, is a powerhouse. She's big. Um, in terms of like that movie star look, Frank Monet has, I think has it as well. But I mean, Mandy Rose, like she definitely, and as a heel, especially, I, I tweeted about doing this during the show here. I think, like, I was, I, I should say, I was glad she didn't get the pin, uh, didn't, didn't uh, get pinned here because I think if they play the cards right, they could really kind of set it up like that she could be an even, even Marie level heel of, you know, someone that doesn't quite fit like the NXT mold of like a wrestler or like, a, you know, like a Raquel Gonzalez, like a Dota Kai, but like she can still, um, that she still works, right? That she's still this, you know, uh, heel that you love to hate or, or whatever you want to say. Um, I could not but think that I was like, I think there's definitely some potential here. Uh, if they do kind of, I don't say limit her to this kind of manager role at first, JG and JC, that's one thing. But if I think about it in more of a, what they could do for her uh, in the ring here, or as an, as an individual, I think that's definitely some potential there. So I picked the win. I do want to say that I didn't necessarily think that Mandy should have won this for that, you know, because I think this is one of those matches where they both kind of need to win, whereas Saray hasn't really had too many signature wins here. Uh, she won. So, but she, because she did not pin Mandy Rose, she won by count out. Uh, she hit this nasty drop kick and Gigi and JC, uh, helped Mandy in the back. She got counted out. So, and then uh, I should say, Gigi and JC attacked Saray backstage. And on top of that, Saray tweeted that you know this, this feud just began. So clearly, we are getting more of it here. Uh, so we we had that we had that rumor that was circulating that Mandy Rose had potentially been hurt last week at the tapings. Uh, but looking at what what happened at the end of that match, I do think that was just a part of like the plan. I don't think she was actually. Remember, they covered her face up with a towel, walked her to the back. I think that was all, you know, a part of the cards and, and in the works. People that were there had said that they suspected that it might have been an injury of some sort. Watching the replays like three or four times, I, I just think there was nothing wrong. I think it was just you know part of the part of the story. But yeah. Uh, this does leave an interesting path forward. I think Saray has the opportunity to be a very good talent if they use her the right way, and I, and I hope they do. Yeah, I mean, to me, you know, she's a very, very, um, you know, kind of easy to root for baby face. She's got like a fun, like, 
charm to her. I don't know, like easy to root for. Uh, she definitely has a legit background like of, of success, uh, success elsewhere. So having her win here is good. And uh, I've, I've said about Eva, Eva Marie and Dewdrop on the Raw show, but like uh, maybe to a lesser degree, kind of having her in uh, Mandy Rose's proximity, you know, kind of builds her up just because I mean, Mandy is someone that was on Raw that um, has enjoyed getting on success. So I think that's good for her in terms of establishing her on NXT. So I think it's a win-win in that sense. Uh, while we're, we're talking about Mandy Rose here, uh, kind of similar, you mentioned her a minute ago, Frank Monet was on the show, albeit briefly, uh, where she was at ringside for Jesse Kamei, and uh, she was at ringside with Robert Stone for Jesse Kamei when she was facing Raquel Gonzalez. Not too, too much to report on there. Uh, Raquel beat Jesse Kamei pretty decisively, so you know it's not like they're setting up her next title challenge or anything. Johnny mentioned earlier that it feels like we're, for the most part, in this holding pattern where you don't really know who Raquel's going to face. Uh, and like, on top of that, you had Smojo give an interview, good babyface stuff, where it's like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm the champion. Um, you know, going to do my best to, you know, be a good champion and, and defend the legacy here. But it's not like it said, you know, oh, I'm going to face X or it's not, it was, it was really a sit down interview. That was it. So it's not like they really said anything up there. Whereas on Raw, even in directly, they had Randy Orton or Kira Bobby They gave you something to look forward to. Whereas here, it's like you're waiting for something to happen. It's like, okay, I don't really know where we're going. And that's fine. But like, definitely, as mentioned, uh, uh, the holding pattern being a good descriptor here. It's like, I don't know who Raquel's going to face. So Joe's going to face. Um, we do hope we're going to have the two tag show matches next week. We had a couple of things kind of set up vaguely of like, you had uh, Legado Del Fantasma confront Kamaru Hayes, but like that's not a title feud. I don't think we saw Hit Road tonight, ironically, at least not that I can recall. So We did not. Uh, and I go. think it's interesting. This is the first time in a very long time that I can remember. We have no clear direction on either the women's title or the main title as far as who the next contender is, when we're going to see any kind of feud start, when the match is going to be. Uh, I mean, that's it, it, simply crazy. One would think, and look, and I don't think this is going to happen. One would think the next takeover would be war games. This is the time of the year where October we would be seeing war games. I'm not so sure we're going to have that this year, really. Um, I'm not so sure we're going to have a, a Survivor Series weekend takeover. And I thought that would be perfect to bring back to the Brooklyn area, to bring, go back on the road, you know. And who knows, maybe they will. But I just, I really do get the impression that this is going to be like a house show type presentation where they're just not going to leave. They're going to... I don't know what to expect. I just think it's going to be a lot different. Yeah. Uh, I will say, at least based on the model we've seen, uh, at least last year, they did take over, hmm, I think it was, what, take over like 31 in October when Finn Balor faced uh, Kyle Riley for the first time, and then they did four games in December. So they might do kind of a, a lesser takeover, quote-unquote lesser takeover, Early fall, and then if if they follow that same pattern, do war games later. But based on all, based on all of these uh, rumors and the changes and the, the revamp, yeah, you really don't know. And you mentioned about the, the lack of clear direction for the titles there. I mean, I think it was during Raw last night they had um, on top of the teaser for the, teaser for the NXT revamp. Uh, they I think they had another commercial that it was more of a, a very general commercial for NXT rather than like oh you know Smojo will be. Uh, you know, confronting this guy or, or what it was very more general rather than specific. So lending some 
don't know. I feel like that that lends some uh, additional, if not concern, just again, it builds the narrative like, okay, we really don't know what's going on with NXT here. So, um, yeah, hopefully next week we'll, we'll have more of a, a clear direction in that sense. Uh, I do want to mention for at least uh, the more general sense, I, I, I guess I can, I can pair a couple of things together here. Uh, it was the, just the, in, a, in, an, in an indirect way they had, I don't know, I feel like they kind of shot themselves in the foot where like you had the, the, the latest wave of releases here. So Diamond Mine lost Tower of Rust. So they clearly needed something. And so they had the the Creed brothers who were uh, their backstage with Strong, Roderick Strong. I think that was maybe last week or so. Just kind of training. They're they're out there within the night wearing diamond mine shirts. So they joined him. I'm like, all right, that's fine. It's a fine way to, or even a good way to bring up uh, kind of new recruits like that. Cool. Uh, but then I think I saw some people tweeting about the fact that uh, for Ridge Holland, I think he had a slightly different entrance or, or something, and it seemed like a kind of a, a clear riff on um, Bronson Reed's entrance. Bronson Reed got released in that latest round of cuts. So it made people think about someone's not even there anymore. And on top of that, uh, they had Drake Maverick, former team with Grayson Waller, pretty much a clear, like, you know, pretty, uh, maybe an, 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 a, a flip of the model of his team with Killian Dane of like, okay, you know, odd, odd couple, uh, albeit Drake Maverick being in the more serious role this time. So at least it was a little different, but couldn't help those comparisons. And I just, the three times tonight, they, they had me thinking of the people that weren't there, the people that lost their jobs, the people, the, 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 this wave of releases happened pretty much almost a month ago now. So, like, it just struck me as a little interesting that, like, you know, three times on the same show they had something like that. Uh, granted, like, that, that's the nature of having stuff like that. It's like people get released, you got to do something instead moving forward. So, um, couldn't help but think about that. Uh, but I guess uh, I will ask about at least Diamond Mind here. What do you think about having Diamond Mind uh, with these two seemingly new members here? It's fine. I mean, I, I think in a, in a faction or stable such as this one, more people is better because with a Diamond Mind, you kind of think of like a group of people training for a common goal. So to me, it makes sense. Uh, I'm interested to see this Kushida and Roderick Strong thing play out. I think it should be a good match. Oh, yeah. You know, Kushida, uh, as far as we know, currently not cleared. Um, or at least he hadn't been, so they had to you know, do some things differently. I believe, if I recall correctly, he was going to face Strong, but he wasn't cleared, so they had to kind of postpone that um, or, or something to that effect where it's like that definitely, you know, got in the way. So, uh, yeah, I think that'll be a great match. I hope to see it sooner than later. And I think, you know, definitely uh, Roderick Strong, probably deserves that win, you know, based to, because he's been with Diamond Mind, it can really kind of elevate him and stable there. So I have to see that, um, you know, again, someday soon, maybe even of the next takeover, if it happens uh, to, to fall uh, uh, timeline wise, if it, you know, falls correctly there of, let's say like October or even maybe on the next year, I think they could do that as well. Uh, lastly here, definitely worth mentioning that we had Kyle O'Reilly face Duke Hudson, formerly known as Brendan Vink. Um, they announced they set this up last week, and I thought we were in for like a five minute match. This match got time. Like Duke Hudson got in a lot of offense. It was a very competitive match, and that surprised me in in, in the sense that Kyle Riley is an NXT title contender, and Duke Hudson's a guy that coming off a win against Adam Cole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this dude beat Adam Cole in in, in essentially a, a three stages of hell match. He almost beat Finn Balor twice. He's held his own with the very best next he has to offer, and it took him that one heck of a fight to beat Duke Hudson here. 
that speaks highly of Duke Hudson from in, in, in a storytelling perspective. But like I was saying last night on the Ross show, it's like they gave uh, Humberto Carrillo a good amount of offense against Karrion Cross. Yeah, that kind of makes Humberto look good, but like doesn't exactly do Cross any favors. So it was a good match. I think uh, some people liked it. Steve Chambers think it was a good match. Hudson has a bright future. Yeah, good size, good look. He holds on with O'Reilly here, so that's good. But uh, for me, Kyle O'Reilly's a guy that definitely could slot right in there uh, to face Mojo because we don't know who will face Mojo at this point. So uh, that was definitely surprising to me. It was a good match, and um, I guess, that, again, that, that speaks highly of Duke Hudson being someone that they might have, no, or at the, at the, very, at the very least they, they, they think highly of. So. Uh, other than that, we mentioned the, the title matches next week, and they also set up Ember Moon versus Kaylee Ray. I think you can imagine who's going to win that one because Kaylee Ray just arrived in NXT, and that'll be a good clash of a former NXT Women's Champion versus NXT UK Women's Champion. So I think that'll be good as well. And also, we can look forward to the in ring debut of Mei Ying of Tian Shaw. DJ yeah. Gassier asking about that. I mean, that's something I think. Um, but again, in, in, in this sense where we don't know what's really happening right now of who's going to face Joe, who's going to face Gonzalez in the short term or long term, I, I think if they want to build up Mei Ying as uh, a real dominant force here, as they have done indirect, indirectly as kind of the, in a non-wrestling role, I think that could this could start with a, a squash match next week and then you could build her up for um, a pretty decisive, a, a pretty clear path for challenging Raquel Gonzalez someday soon. And that'd be a pretty cool clash of Raquel being this powerhouse and Mei Yang being this like mysterious, um, uh, supernatural-esque character. So I think, I think that'd be pretty cool. Uh, and so, you know, we'll see what happens with that next week as well. Definitely wishing a happy, happy birthday to Ember Moon. It was her birthday t- uh, tonight. So definitely want to send some wishes her way. Uh, and also, I guess to bring, bring a full circle here, we were talking about Tomasa Champa uh, earlier for a minute there. And also Samoa Joe, not knowing where he's going to be going. Uh, and I couldn't help but think this as well. Do you think that Tomasa Champa would be a good option for Joe in a world where they don't really have anybody super cleanly lined up for him? I mean, the, his, his, his background and, and track record speaks for itself. They briefly set up when they kind of stood tall together. I think that was last week. So, it feels like that could definitely be a match you don't you would have to work too hard to set up and it'll be a good one. I think that would make sense now for sure. I still think Pete Dunn would make more sense. I would pick him first, uh, Tom, yeah. Tomaso probably second, maybe Johnny Gargano a, a third. Those would be my top three right now until they can kind of bring up some newer guys and get them ready for the main title picture. Um, you know, of course, with the North American title picture there with Hit Row. They seem to be in a good place where they'll eventually be NXT title contenders as well. I just can't see real Joe really losing this anytime soon. Uh, but at the same time, I, that, that's not really what I envision when I think about the new developmental NXT. But maybe you need a professional, like a, an experienced champion like that, so that when he does drop it, it's really a big deal. Yeah. But at this point, I think we just need to spend a couple, I, I hate to say it, but months and see kind of how this plays out with the transition uh when they when they first went live on tv and were two hours it took a couple weeks for people to get used to it i think this is going to be a little bit of a bigger adjustment but i think if everybody's on the same page and ready to do it then i think that'll that'll be a good idea yeah you know i think that's what it really boils down to just being patient and as i said uh, earlier in the show trying to be positive um 
or at least, or at least for me, I'm trying to. I'll, I will. I'm, I'm trying to preach, uh, approach with, with, a, with an open mind of like now. I I was pretty down on it, and whereas now I'm like, all right, I may not like the the new logo, the new vibe that I'm getting from the show, but gonna try and enjoy it as best I can here. Uh, so you mentioned Tommaso Ciampa. They do have options here, and that's what boils down to. They they have any number of people they could build up in the men's division, the women's, women's division. Uh, Nesca is mentioning Pete Dunn, Johnny Wrestling, O'Reilly, all options as well. Um, and part of the part, as you mentioned earlier in the show, part of that would be uh, that Pete Dunn, we're not, we're not quite sure if, if he's resigned yet. He, his contract was coming up as well. Uh, but uh, John, as you said earlier, it's like, all right, if he's part of these tapings being featured pretty prominently, you'd have to imagine that kind of bodes well um, in, in, a, in a general sense. So, you know, I, I, I would think that, Assuming he, he does stick around, he definitely is at, probably on my short list for guys that could challenge their title, and it'd be a pretty darn good match. So overall, here, not the the best episode of NXT. Not nothing like too too groundbreaking or you know, oh my gosh, what a great show. I enjoyed Index. I enjoyed, um, you know, I thought it was fairly good. You know, there's things I like, but definitely maybe one of the, you know, in some ways some, some of the weaker. Uh, or some of the weaker things we've seen rather than maybe some of the other good episodes recently. But overall, I would probably rate it like a only a solid 6.5. Most of that being because I like the index stuff so much. But John, what what, uh, what do you think overall? Uh, I'd probably go with a 6.5 tonight. Yeah, 6.5. I think that it was a little below average for NXP. Um, just it was hard to really get into it, yeah. knowing knowing what's coming up in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, um, I'm willing to let it play out. I really wish we had another like takeover schedule, just so we had something to look forward to. So at least we could have the peace of mind knowing that there will be another takeover at some point. Uh, yeah. Because how long was NXT a thing before even the first one was a thing? And even the first couple were pretty much only like short specials that were on on the network. They weren't really like full blown events like they are now. So I think that is a big deal breaker to some people want to step backwards. Uh, I think the ratings will stay where they're at now, even if they didn't make drastic changes or even if they do. That 500 to 700 range, 500 to 700,000, seems to be their new normal at this point. So, you know, that's fine. If USA Network's fine with it, although they, they have been adamant they want a live show, not a taped show. When the rumor came out last month, they were going to be returning to this taped format I think what they meant was only this kind of one time while they were revamping the inside of the Capitol Wrestling Center to make it look different and new gives them basically a month to make changes. So if that holds true, that's not a big deal for me. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And I, I hope that's the case. I hope that uh, the going the going to a taped uh, format there was temporary because of this drastic revamp. So to me, uh, I certainly hope that's the case. Uh, if not, we'll be fine either way. Uh, as for the show itself here, Steam Chamber is saying that, uh, giving a 7, Nesha Chris a 7 as well. So roughly like 6.5 for the two of us, 7 from Steven and Nesha there. So Adija can say a 3.3. Ouch. Definitely not a big fan there. Um, but yeah, I think part, definitely part, I guess the overall problem for me, or for, you know, 6.5 isn't bad by, by any means, but definitely below average because as we, I guess the, the moral of the story here being that 
as you said, John, there's nothing to really look forward to. We don't really know where we're going in terms of the top titles, in terms of NXT itself. It's like we know the revamp, the revamp is coming. We know that things will be changing. So there's some uh, apprehension there. And uh, so in, in the short term, in terms of investing in the story, it's a little hard to get into it. And maybe in the bigger bigger picture, it's like, all right, there are these big changes. And we're not quite sure what, what that's going to look like. So definitely that's part of uh, maybe one reason why I didn't rate it quite so highly. So Herman DeCar giving it an eight definitely seems like he liked it as well. Uh, and Nando giving it a six dogs and 0.7 puppies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Nando, you cracked me up. But Nesker is wrapping it up pretty succinctly, saying it was decent, but nothing special. And I would agree. Not bad, not great, but fine. And Michael Dunn saying it was better than Raw and Rampage. Wow. So, uh, fairly good. And we can hope that next week, uh, presumably on the last episode of NXT, as we currently know it, the last show of the Black and Gold era, supposedly, uh, we can hope for a good show, or at least... Well, hopefully a little better than this. Um, Benjamin A. Jones was 6.9 for a night as well. So otherwise, uh, no matter whether next week is good, bad, or anywhere, anywhere in between, um, John, you and I will be here to talk about it regardless. So uh, we'll be here on next Tuesday to talk about it. You're not here every Monday to talk about Monday Night Raw. The Diamond Dudes of Rampage cover, Marcus and Dominic cover all things AEW. Uh, Robert E. Felix and I here on Saturdays to talk about Friday Night SmackDown. And uh, otherwise, we've got a, a great stream of interviews constantly coming out, you guys. Whether it's um, Bill, Pritchard, Bill Pritchard recently interviewing CM Punk and Paul White, uh, I interviewed Ring of Honor star Roxy a while ago, and I also interviewed. Um, actually, I should say I've got some got some good ones lined up. Can't speak, can't, can't give them away yet, but definitely stay tuned for those because they're. I'm mean, I'm definitely excited about them. So otherwise, those in, in general. I promise you, it's worth it. Subscribe, leave a like. Uh, what all of our platforms are so Apple Podcast, Spotify, uh, YouTube, whatever it might be. Can't even get my words straight. Uh, support us. We appreciate it. We appreciate your you for listening, for giving your comments, for just sitting in for go, all. Enjoy go to WrestleZone.com and check out the newest edition of the WrestleZone Universal Rankings that just came out about five hours ago. Uh, we had recently moved them to Tuesdays there just because. Uh, being able to, it didn't really didn't make sense to do it uh, right after SmackDown because then Raw was like a day later anyway. So now we got SmackDown and Raw coming up back to back, and then we got the rankings coming out there Tuesday in the afternoon. It gives you a few days to digest them and take a look. You know, we got NXT. And to, speaking of NXT, you know, we got NXT repping pretty well. I mean, we got Rhea Ripley in the top twelve. We got Damian Priest in the top twelve. We got Karrion Cross in the top fifteen. So we do have NXT people, you know, making a name for themselves. And I think that's just what they got to do. They got to keep utilizing talent the right way and they'll be fine. And we're seeing that on the on main roster, at least some of, the, some of those success stories that you mentioned, Ray Ripley, Damian Priest, Doc Billier being a couple of them. So, uh, and that's part of the fun here on the NXT show where we can look for that next generation, even with these uh, concerns about whatever might come next in the bigger picture. You can hope that we will be able to see some of these uh, up-and-coming stars here on NXT, move on to Big Brother things, and maybe someday they too will be ranked on the Universal Rankings. You can, you never know. So, uh, otherwise here, we thank you for listening, and hopefully we've helped you do the one thing we do here at WrestleZone, above all others. John, can you tell me what that is? Enjoy wrestling. Indeed. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs>